Hello, and welcome to the Run Today podcast. I'm your host, Nick Simmons. With me, as always, is Cam. How are you? Great. Welcome to the show, you guys. Welcome to the show. You used the perfect adjective to describe Natasha Hastings. You said she's fierce. She is fierce. She is the Beyonce of track. She is. They call her the track diva for a reason. When she walks onto the track, she owns that track. Mm -hmm. And the look on her face is she will kill you to win the race. And, And she is so tough. Not just on the track in this interview, we learned she's tough in life as well. Yep. She faces adversity. She handles it so well. And she has so many exciting things happening in her life that she's handling, she's facing, she's going through being a new mom Mm -hmm, soon, mm -hmm. but training for 2020 Olympics. That's huge. She's a pro athlete. She's an entrepreneur. She has the foundation. She's about to be a mom. She's about to be a wife. She's got a lot on her plate and she handles it all really, really well. She does. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this interview with her. Let's learn some of our secrets. Without further ado, here she is, Natasha Hastings. All right, here she is coming to us from Austin, Texas. It's Natasha Hastings. Natasha, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. You're a little bit pregnant though. Certainly more <laughs> pregnant than I am. How is the how, congratulations first of all? How is it how's it going? Your your first baby. Thank you. It's it's going. It's definitely an adjustment. Certainly wasn't a planned thing obviously with me attempting one more Olympic team next year, but it happened. So <laughs> I'm rolling with the punches. Here we go. Yeah. We'll see how things turn out for me. That's so great. And we, we were talking really briefly before the, the podcast here, but your due date happens to be the due date of my sister who's having her first. So it's exciting. And so she, lovely. I love this. She calls me and she says, Oh, well today it's the size of a strawberry. And then the next day, Oh, or the week later, Hey, today it's the size of a, you know, I think it's a cantaloupe now, but wow. apparently the, these, these OBGYNs, these doctors, they say, Oh, we we're going to relate it is the size of a gummy bear, whatever it happens so to be funny. this week. These things, yeah. I mean, children grow These very, things, yeah, sorry. clearly it's not a parent. Yeah, I'm not a parent. <laughs> Kids grow so fast in the yeah. womb. It's a, it's mind boggling. Yeah. Is this, is, is this just kind of like crazy for you right now? I mean, you were right in the middle of, of, of getting ready for a world championship and Olympic mm-hmm. year, you know, did yeah. it throw you for a loop initially? Oh my God, it did. And I even kind of went through a little bit of a depression, Mm. honestly, Mm -hmm. because, you know, like I said, it wasn't planned. And so much, Nick, you know, so much of our lives as athletes is planned. It's on schedule. Oh, I mean, we live live according to the race schedule, the clock. Exactly. And so this happened and it was just like, oh my God, what does this mean? I always wanted a family. I, by all means, wanted kids. I just didn't want kids right now. So, um, you know, I, I went through that whole gamut of just emotions. And, you know, one of the things that really helped was, you know, I have a ton of baby apps and books and stuff that I'm reading. And I really found that I felt that I was having that pressure or that anxiety because of my running and because of my career as a runner. But the thing that I learned is that almost every woman who decides to have a child and have a career goes through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a different aspect in that my career is a physical <laughs> aspect. But, you know, it was comforting to to know that, you know, I wasn't alone in that journey. So I didn't necessarily have to be ashamed of what I was feeling because there there was sort of that guilt of like, 
How could you not be excited for something that you do genuinely want? I just didn't want it right now, you know, but it took me some time to come around to it. I'm now six months and I'm excited and, you know, just looking forward to what this journey means for me and how things will go going forward. Cause it's a lot of the unknowns and a lot of the coming from being in such control to not having much yeah. control. I'll pass on a little nugget of wisdom that Andrea Simmons, my mom used to always say, she said, life is what happens when we're making plans. Oh, wow. So, yeah. you know, it's, you got to roll with the punches sometimes and not that this is a punch, but this is a huge blessing. And I love the way that you're approaching it. I love that you're just saying, Hey, we're going to, we're going to figure it out. And I'm, I'm not in this alone. You know, yeah. other, other women have gone through this. And then there are examples of women that have gotten pregnant and gone on to have incredibly successful or continued their incredibly successful athletic careers. Exactly. So I think that, uh, you know, I think that if you want to go and crush it in 2020, there's nothing stopping you. You've proven time and time again that you're a champion. What does that look like for you? And I, I know you haven't been through it before, but I'm sure you and your coach and some experts are trying to shape, um, plan a 2020 season for you. How is that going to look? How's that going to set up? You think? Yeah, I mean, everything from my village to my coaches, right? Mm -hmm. Because Again, this is the unknown and I'm now entering a space where priority isn't Natasha. There's a, a little person to take care of. So we're definitely planning from the aspect of, okay, how much help am I going to need? Um, I'm going to have a newborn that's not going to be sleeping through the night. It's going to be need. It's going to need to get fed. But the fact of the matter is I need my body and my sleep to do my job. So, you know, the conversations from that of, you know, the type of help that my fiance and I will have in terms of, you know, he's also figuring out his life. He's a retired NFL player now looking into doing some coaching. So, you know, whether he'll be here full time or not, figuring that out, figuring out will my mom be able to help. And then, of course, there is the obvious side of, you know, what the recovery is going to look like for me. God willing, I'm hoping that I don't have to have a C-section because we know recovery from a C-section is a lot longer mm -hmm. and tougher than having a vaginal birth. So, you know, even planning that with my doctor and planning that this baby cannot come any later than September 2nd. <laughs> yeah. Because we got training I, to do. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, there, there's so much planning from that aspect. And, and you know, while um, planning from that aspect, it's different now because, again, I'm not number one anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I like that. So, about making sure that, you know, I have a healthy pregnancy, healthy baby, and then, you know, we'll figure out the rest in between. But we're definitely having the conversations now. Um, it's not going to be one of those things where we just figure out we will have to make adjustments, I'm sure. But we're taking it day by day in training. I'm still training as much as I can. And then we're just planning that, hey, baby comes <laughs> no later than September 2nd. Yeah. And we're going to work our way back up to, um, you know, getting into shape for the trials. I love that you keep using the pronoun we, and I love that you talk about your team and the village because it really is, you know, you, we look at our Olympians and we see one person standing on the track and think of it as a solitary endeavor, but it's not, it's a team. And Cam saw firsthand the team that was around me as, as I competed internationally as a pro, you know, and one of the integral parts of any American Olympian is the sponsor because we don't get supporting support from our, our federation, like other countries, our team, team USA is, is almost completely funded by sponsors. And you've had a fantastic uh, sponsor over the years under armor. Uh, you were one of their early athletes. How, how did this announcement? Well, first of all, I'm curious how you broke the news to them. And second of all, I'm curious what their response was. 
So interestingly enough, you know, going back to what I said earlier, the depression, what does this mean for my job? Will I have that support? Because like you said, that support is so necessary to continue our careers, right? Because for me, it was like, you know, I want to have a baby, but I also want to live out the the dream that I had to try for one more Olympics. Mm-hmm. And like you said, a lot of people don't realize we have to cover our training and that's our coaches, strength coaches, massage, like <laughs> we cover that. So, you know, we have these sponsorships that help with that. And I was deathly afraid of what my sponsor would think about this, because as it was mentioned in the, the Times article, we're considered independent contractors. So there really isn't anything in there to protect us or, you know, provide for a maternity leave. So (laughs) I was a little delayed in telling them (laughs) for out of fear and, you know, going through the emotions on my end. But surprisingly, they were incredibly supportive and even almost hurt that I was afraid to tell them. Well, you you brought you brought up the New York Times article and that just dropped um, today, I believe. So we'll make sure we link that article in the notes. I think people are going to are going to hear a lot more about this over the coming weeks. But essentially, the gist is, is that we pro runners, we are independent contractors. And as such, we're not afforded the same rights and protections that employees are are often afforded. And that includes maternity and paternity leave. And it can be really hard for female athletes that get pregnant because you don't know how your sponsor is going to react. Fortunately, Under Armour, as we're hearing, has been great to you, but that's not always the case. Um, it's not. And it's a real shame because our, our, our female athletes want to have multifaceted lives. They want to have families of their own. That article, what, what stood out to you? What stood out to me was just the secrecy, you know, the NDAs and the, the meetings that happen behind closed doors and the promises that are never fulfilled. What stood out to you as, as a woman and as a mother-to-be? Well, I, I would have to say there was something in there where they said that, you know, they named Alicia and who was the other runner? Kara. Um, her Kara, her baby was in um, the NICU. Right. But they also mentioned that so many athletes had also spoken, but didn't want to, you know, they wanted to speak under anonym, anonymity. And that spoke volumes to me because for several reasons, even in myself, this was something that I had to search within myself that I've spoken publicly about in the past in my career, I've almost stifled the personal desires that I wanted because it's almost like if you want to have a family as an athlete, you're not taken seriously. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why does it have to be that way? You know, we can still very much want to have a family, but still very much want to be an athlete and have that be a priority in our lives. And it struck something in me because it was like, this is something that I have, you know, the past couple of years been speaking about that we as women should not sort of deny ourselves of the things that we genuinely want because we're an athlete. Because we're an athlete, we're not supposed to want these things. But when I found out I was pregnant, I found myself going through that very thing that I'm not, that I, I am preaching, you know? And so knowing that there were also women that, you know, whether we, we don't know the full scope of it, whether they had children and, you know, their shoe companies cut them or, you know, whatever the case may be. But it's like, this is a real thing. This is not something that, you know, again, that I was in by myself. And I I do think that it's unfortunate that we as women are faced with those choices. And unfortunately, I don't think that, you know, men are faced with the same thing. Men can, and, and for a plethora of reasons, but men can start their family and no one thinks twice about it. But, you know, for us as women, 
we we have to think twice almost when these things happen. And it, it just really stood out to me that as female athletes, we have had to suppress a lot of things for fear of not being taken seriously because we desire to have a family. And and I don't think that that should be. I agree. I, th- I couldn't agree yeah, more. Me too. I'm just going to take a minute to shout out Under Armour. You know, they I've read some of these contracts before and it's almost mm-hmm. as if the shoe sponsors they view getting pregnant as an injury. I mean, it's, it's really almost the way that the contracts read. It, it, it's like if you don't compete for this amount of time due to injury or something else, then you can get reduced. Mm-hmm. They almost treat it as an injury. And that's just it's just a shame. That's- they could take an advantage of the way Under Armour has of saying this is an awesome story. This is something that we want to support you at. And, and, and so just a shout out to Under Armour for the way that they've handled this. And, and I think that it builds loyalty, builds loyalty with the people mm-hmm. that are hearing the story. It builds loyalty with the athletes. And if I know Natasha Hastings, she's going to lace up her Under Armour spikes and, and rip some intervals in 2020. <laughs> yes. You, and, you know, I, I would I would also hope that, you know, I've been with Under Armour since 2012 and we've definitely been on a roller coaster ride together. And that is one thing that, you know, looking back on things, I really shouldn't have been afraid to tell them mm. what was going on because they've truly had my back in some moments that they could have walked away, but they didn't. And one of the things that I have consistently spoke about that makes me proud about being a part of UA is when I met with them for the very first time before even signing with them. They wanted to meet with me to make sure that I felt fit in with the company and what it was that they were looking for in an athlete. And I'll never forget, number one, I met with a woman and her comment to me was, you know, we're looking for the female athlete that can stand next to Tom Brady. We're not looking to have the female athlete be in the background of our male athletes. And I can say that that is something that they have genuinely stuck to from the time that I've been a part of the company. They, they have definitely championed the female athlete and definitely made it a priority to make sure that we are represented. So I, I while I was shocked, it shouldn't have been a shock because um, I have to say that they have done a tremendous job of empowering and uplifting women in sport. So it's incredible. And you were one of their first, if not their first track athlete, were you not? Monica Hargrove Uh was actually, they'd signed her a couple of years before I signed with them. I think they may have had one other girl before, but for sure, Monica Hargrove was there before me. And then now, of course, they have um, a distance, Aisha Pratt, Lear. Mm -hmm. I always forget (laughs) the Lear. Um, (laughs) And then um, Rachel Schneider. Yeah, um, they've grown their stable considerably in the last few years. Yeah. Well, you're one of the originals and, uh, you know, you've been a great ambassador for them and they're very, very lucky, very fortunate to have you. And uh, I'm glad to see them supporting you through your pregnancy. But I want to I want to talk about how you got into track and field in the first place. You know, you've just had mm-hmm. such an incredible career. What got you into running when you were a kid? So I always say that I was born into it. And by that, you know, both of my parents are immigrants and they both came to the United States on athletic scholarships. So they ran track at New York Tech Institute. Funny enough, a few weeks ago, my mom was inducted into their Hall of Fame. Oh, that's cool. For track. Yeah. And my mom made the 84 Olympics for Trinidad. So it was something that like 
I just remember seeing pictures of them around the house. My dad was a coach at their alma mater. So I used to go to practice with them. And then um, my mom would take me to a meet that actually still exists now called the Colgate Women's Games. And anyone can enter into this meet. And from there, um, my coach who found me then at nine, and he pretty much coached me all through high school. That was when I officially joined a team and like, you know, got some form, <laughs> some good training and just kind of took off from there. But I mean, I remember running for as long as I can remember. It's incredible. And you ran through high school and I, I think you went to, was it University of South Carolina? I did. I did. Gamecocks? Gamecocks. I love it. I love it. Did you enjoy your time there? I did. If there's a time in my life that I could go back and do over and not change a single thing, yeah. it would be college. Oh, yeah. that's great. That's awesome. Did you turn pro uh, after your senior year? Uh, after my junior year. After your junior year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then just uh, too many accomplishments to list as a pro. This is a question that, I, that I'm really curious. I didn't know that your parents were immigrants. Did you ever consider competing for Trinidad or, mm-hmm. or another country, given that the United States' qualifying system is just so, so intense, especially for the 400? Right. Okay. So technically I could not run for Trinidad because my mom was actually born in Great Britain. Oh, interesting. And yeah. And my dad was born in Jamaica. Okay. So in high school, I did consider running for Jamaica. I got a little snub and the comment was made, oh, let's be real. She'll, she'll never make a U.S. team. Oh. This was right for the World Juniors. That's when Jamaica had the World Juniors, actually. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so I kind of took that and I was like, oh, chip on your shoulder. Let me, let me just, just go ahead and prove me. you wrong. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I run a couple of times for Team USA on World Youth, World Juniors, some Pan Am teams. And then um, when the time came to turn pro, the conversation came up again, but now for Great Britain. But I, at that point, was like, you know, I've, I've run so many teams with Team USA. I've gone to university in, in U.S., I think I'm going to take the U.S. route. And it's a conversation in hindsight, you know, money wise, <laughs> it might have been a wise decision to run for Great Britain. However, you know, looking back on my accomplishments, being a part of Team USA and the women's four by four, I'm a part of a legacy that I don't think I would have gotten to be a part of anywhere else. And um, just being a part of that legacy, I mean, it speaks more than any amount of money that I could ever make. So I'm happy to run for Team USA. It's definitely not the easy road, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm definitely happy with the choice that I made, being able to look back at the accomplishments that I've had over the years with Team USA. Well, I speak for about 330 million Americans when I say we're pretty happy you made that choice because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you've been such an incredible asset to Team USA. And, uh, and and so you, you talked a bit about the financial aspect and, and I know that for me personally, when I retired, it was a bit of a shock. You know, you go from this pro contract and the appearance fees and the prize money, and then all of a sudden one day it's, it's gone, but you are, uh, you're, you're smart and you recognize that and you do have an entrepreneurial side to you. Tell us a little bit more about your exit strategy and, and how you see that playing out. Man. So I took on a couple of projects where, you know, first of all, I was just like, I wish I could pinpoint, I would say it was sometime around after Rio. I initially, probably about 15 years ago, decided I was retiring after the 2016 Olympics. Mm. I don't know where, but anyway, 
2016 came around and I was like, you're crazy. You're still running great. (laughs) (laughs) But I also realized that I had to have an exit strategy and I didn't want to sort of retire and then be looking around like, okay, what do I do now? Like most athletes Um, do. (laughs) Yeah, It's a scary place (laughs) to be. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and even in, you know, taking on the challenge now while I'm still competing, it is still scary. And I mentioned my fiance earlier, I'm kind of watching him figure things out too. And he's, he's kind of handling it cool. And I'm just like, okay, if that was me, I would, what the heck? But um, no, <laughs> I decided to kind of take the plunge on two of my passions. Um, number one, I started, started a nonprofit, the Natasha Hastings Foundation, and that largely came from, you know, me sort of speaking to not exactly what I was talking about earlier in terms of, um, you know, female desires, but wanting to sort of be a voice for some of the things that I felt like I was missing. So we're actually um, providing a scholarship at the moment for girls to go on the high school nationals. But then we also do an empowerment piece where we talk about the things that come from sport. You may not necessarily grow up to be the professional athlete or um, Olympian, but something like 86% of C-suite level women have played sports at some wow. point in their that's life. Wow, that's an incredible so, statistic. Yeah, and so just, you know, getting out there and, and, and getting girls to understand that, you know, there's so much to be had and learned from sport, everything from self-love, self-discipline, all of those things, but then also being healthy on top of that. I've really made that sort of my life's mission to pay that forward to the generations coming. And then also um, I've been known as the 400-meter diva <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> taking the plunge into the beauty business and starting a lipstick line and eyelash line. And I plan on expanding, you know, as we grow, but, um, you know, just thinking about what life after track and field looks like, but also wanting to stick to things that I'm passionate about and not just, um, you know, sort of doing whatever because the bills have to get paid. So I, I really find a passion in making, making girls and women feel good about themselves And so that's what I would like to continue my life after track. I think that's great. And one of the things that our listeners might not be able to appreciate is is that diva side of you. One of the things I love most about watching you race is just your presence on the track. It's almost like you were totally in your element and this this confidence that you just exuded, it was so impressive. You didn't look like you were afraid of anything on the track. And then once you got the baton or once the gun went off, that confidence turned into motion and you were unstoppable. So uh, we're going to link a few of your races in the show notes too. Our listeners really need to take a moment to just watch the diva, you know, in her element. But uh, I love that you're taking that, that, that side of you and then passing it along through the foundation and also through the makeup and the lashes and everything else that you're doing. I think that's great. Thank you. Well, what's next for you, Natasha? Tell us. Uh, Right now, um, I'm really just focusing on pregnancy and training. We're pitching a few docuseries ideas to kind of document the rest of my pregnancy and then, of course, training for 2020. So that's one of the things that we've been working closely on. And then, of course, keeping things going with the foundation. They have high school nationals coming up in a few weeks. So getting our scholarship applicants in and um, looking those over and granting them to some deserving athletes. Yeah, I think that's it on the menu for now. That's just (laughs) it. You're pretty busy. Yeah. (laughs) 
Well, we can't take any more of her time. She's got a lot of work ahead yeah. of her. But thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us and and share your story. I just am so inspired that you seem to approach these. And I know, I know, we you know we don't see all the uh, the meetings that take place behind closed doors, but you just you approach every single thing that comes your way with uh, with a deep breath and uh, you know a, a well thought out process and an, an uh, air of confidence that I wish you know everybody had. Yeah. Well, I certainly try. Thank you. I know this might be premature given that uh, you're six months pregnant, but do you know what season opener you will be eyeing in 2020? Because <laughs> I want to see you run again. Me too. I just know that it will be in sometime, sometime in March. Okay. Um, I don't plan on doing indoors unless you know how that goes, where we're sure. just training, 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 and you're like, uh-uh, I need something to break this up. Yeah. But the plan is to probably open up somewhere around Florida Relays, Texas Relays time. And Blow off a little there. rust. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. You know, the way that the World Championships is structured this year, this you're going to actually start training before a lot of your competitors. I know that was one of the things that I was like, hmm, this might be a huge advantage for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely thought about that. You didn't want to race in Doha in October anyways. (laughs) Oh man. Honestly, these two seasons, world championships and Olympics. Yeah. It's going to be tough for some people. It's going to be really tough for some people. But it's a true testament that the people who should be at the table making these decisions for us, Mm -hmm. i.e. the athletes, are not at the table, but Natasha, you're going to rile me up. Okay. If you start talking about governing bodies, you're going to get me riled up. (laughs) That's, I mean, that's why I said it's another podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Natasha, you're amazing. Can't wait to watch you run again. Wishing you and your fiance and your baby, nothing but the best. Yeah. You're going to be an incredible mama. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks Natasha. Catch up with you soon. All right. Bye. A big thank you to everyone for joining us on that episode. If you want to find out more or listen to other episodes, go to rungum.com slash podcast. Also, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes or your preferred player. I'm Nick Simmons, and you've been listening to the Run the Day podcast. Until next time.